Davis, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, man, we're doing fantastic. Living the dream. Yes. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> we're super excited to have you here because, man, oh, man, you are a legend in this entertainment industry that we love. Yes, and sir. There's so much to talk about. Of course, you have a book that's out right now, yep. and it's all about you know your experiences, part memoir, part you know different learning experiences, which we're super excited to talk about. But first, for the listeners, who aren't necessarily familiar with your work, we want to introduce you to our audience. Let them know how you got started and why you got fall, fell in love with acting. <laughs> well, it was actually, <clears throat> actually almost, it was almost, well, I wouldn't want to say accidental, but it was coincidental. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, my cousins, uh, half a generation older than I, ran a summer theater company in Ontario in Canada. And they rehearsed in Toronto uh, before they went north for the summer season. They needed a place to rehearse. They rehearsed in the basement of our house. <laughs> <laughs> so as it happened in their second season, they needed a boy of age 10, roughly speaking. And I was roughly speaking age 10. <laughs> so I was, I was launched into it. And uh, so I did this, uh, this show in the Summer Theatre Company. And uh, that was how I got started. From there, I got a, a, uh, an acting instructor. And then I, well, this will date me, but then we got, I got an audition for CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting uh, Network, mm -hmm. for radio drama. Yes, yeah. We did not have television then. And Toronto, major metropolis though it is, home of the Blue Jays, had no movie theater. <laughs> No film either. So radio drama was where it was at. And it was at. There was a lot of it. And um, that's how I got kickstarted into the business. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I just got to say, even now, your voice is impeccable. We love hearing you just talk. But I'm sure back then your voice was still absolutely amazing. So I, I mean, love that. Yeah, radio serials, that's that's where it was at. I mean, that that's how everybody got it done back then. I mean, I, I don't think people even realize. Like Lucille Ball, like Radio, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like all these iconic yeah. television figures did radio. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. it only makes sense. Exactly, yeah. And, and, well, okay, so as a young man, you're doing radio. You're kind of lining up this and, and getting it done. And then, oh, wait a minute. And, well, and then what happened was, you see, it wasn't this lovely voice that I was using. It was my pre-adolescent <laughs> voice that I was making my living on. And when it switched to this voice, yes. they didn't want me anymore. They had lots of older people who could do what I could do. <laughs> <laughs> so radio acting kind of dried up. And But in a couple of years later, I went to the University of Toronto. And there I was involved in a very extensive extracurricular program in, in theater and started to act and direct nice nice that's what i was going to ask was the transition from radio to theater first because as you said there was no tv yet there was no so it was a transition from radio to theater right exactly yeah exactly yeah how was that transition talk about that because i imagine well, radio you're right there by the microphone right and then theater all of a sudden you've got to be like shouting to the back right <laughs> well i was doing both at the same time okay because i was still I mean, I did that one summer play, but then I kept doing uh, more plays with them in the summertime. Um, so I was doing both all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But radio was really fascinating because uh, it was live then. Right. I mean, exactly what we did went straight into people's living rooms. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you made a mistake, too bad. You made a mistake. <laughs> and in that sense, it was like it was like the theater because you started at the beginning and you went to the end. Now, when we shoot audio drama, as we call it, uh, now it's shot like a film and it's mm. shot in pieces and it's edited together and it's mixed and all that stuff. Um, but then it was live. And even in a, like a big show um, with an orchestra uh, and live actors and then a producer up in the booth who has to control all the timing of the sound effects, right. the orchestra, the blah, 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 blah. It was a major, uh, a major skill, a major thing. Um, it's funny, I was just watching a, uh, a video about Harold Pinter because I'm doing a Harold Pinter play. And it talked about his, their early plays that he'd, early television plays that they did. And that was a part of the world that I didn't do a lot of. But first television drama was done very differently than it is now. It was. Mm -hmm. You, you rehearsed in a rehearsal room for two weeks or whatever, and then you went in and you shot it in a couple of days with moving cameras and whatever. <clears throat> now it's made like a movie. Right. But, yeah. And, I mean, th I, that's that's beyond interesting to me, like like just hearing how it's all done and how it's evolved and, and, and how it's got – I mean, it's that type stuff that the up-and-comers – are interested in right like like well, how, how was it how is it now where do i fit in am i you know where, well, where do i find my groove and, and what's coming yes mm -hmm. how do you know what's coming uh, i mean i was actually turned down by the bbc mm -hmm. when i applied to learn this directing technique for uh, television drama mm -hmm. but it's probably just as well because <laughs> That only went along for a few years, and then it all changed. You're right. So people who had developed this skill, then they were out of work, or they had to adapt to a new skill. They had learned to do it a new way. So, so maybe the first thing to say to your up-and-comer is be flexible. Mm. Be open. Try different things. Uh, work in different media. Work in different uh, methods of production. Um, Check it all out because we don't really know where it's going to go. I mean, now with streaming is the thing, and and for an actor, that's interesting because it suggests a kind of acting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that tells the audience you're really there, you're really this person. This is really happening to you. <laughs> the audience does not want to see you dramatizing or how cleverly you can act. They want to see you be that person. Right. Right. Um, uh, and that's probably not going to change. Yeah. Uh, I was just about to ask in the sense of, you know, trying to pick what roles you want for your career and how to, you know, I guess make a, make a roadmap for and implant yourself into the entertainment industry. How do you go about choosing the roles that you think would be right for you? Do you talk to your agent or do you talk to yourself and try to figure out what niche you fit in or how does that work for you personally? Well, the pause is intentional because <laughs> <laughs> that's not how we do it. Um, I mean, yes, if you're Hugh Grant or whatever, right. maybe do that. 
But if you're a working actor in the trenches, mm -hmm. you get what you get. Mm. Uh, and, and you don't, you're not choosing, oh, I would prefer to do this, I'd rather do that. Right. <clears throat> it depends quite a lot on, I mean, in my case, it depended because I live in Vancouver right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. it, what kind of movies and TV shows are shot here. Right. Um, Sci-fi might not have been my choice. Uh, if I'd stayed in Toronto, I might have done more character-driven drama. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't choose to play the cigarette-smoking man. <laughs> I was cast as this strange figure who hung around <laughs> and smoked cigarettes and looked menacing. And uh, <clears throat> only then, it, only after time, did that actually develop and become a major role. But uh, uh, it's not that you shouldn't plan, but I think I think you're ahead of yourself when you're saying what kind of roles, what kind of right. But, but how you approach the business, mm -hmm. how you how you build your career, how you train, how how you learn the craft, how you how you find a way to show that you've learned the craft, right. how you find an agent, how you find a way to connect. All that is important to do. Yes. Mm. Yes, and then just to be like open to things, I guess, because, you know, a lot of people go out to LA or they go out to Atlanta or Vancouver and they have stars in their eyes. They want to be the next big thing. They want to, you know, be that next leading man, but you have to be open to development and you have to be open to change and fitting into particular roles that you didn't even think about before, you know? And I think that is something that is very important for up and comers to realize and kind of bring them back to earth, I guess you could say that, cause you know, it, there's nothing wrong for shooting for the stars, but to, you know, do it in a, I don't want to say safe manner, but do you got to earn your keep? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think if you want to, <clears throat> if you want to be an actor, mm -hmm. you have to want to act. There yes. we go. Yeah. You have to want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to be famous, well, go on TikTok. I don't know. There, there we go. <laughs> Love it. There you go. So, okay. Well, I, I want to ask this question then because I think this is kind of interesting and, and it happened to you and it, it happens to many people, I, w I would assume. But as you said, you know, when you initially got cast and you brought it up, so we have to talk about it, uh, as the cigarette smoking man, right? It was supposed to be just like a, a one-shot guest type thing. And then they were like, oh, well, okay, let's have him back for some more cameos. Let's have him. And then it just exploded. So when, you, when you're hired and you know, okay, this is just a little one-time thing, and, and, but then it clicks like that, right? And, and pop culture catches it. And now you're, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Everybody's talking about you and everything. How do you deal with that? Because I'm sure the approach going in, like you said, it's just like, hey, I got the gig. I'm taking everything that's coming my way. This is exciting. But then all of a sudden... This one gig is now everybody's talking about you. Talk about that and the process of being a working actor and yeah. having to deal with all of a sudden. And I guess it would be a little bit easier pre-social media, but but all of a sudden you're like the guy everybody's talking about. Everybody knows who you are. And kind of, What is that like when it just goes from that to all of a sudden right. everybody knows who you are? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's certainly it's a rush. It's a change. I mean, as I say, I didn't become a star until I was 52 or 53. <laughs> I, you know. yeah. uh, I had worked. I had made a living in, as an actor, as a theater director, as, a, as an acting teacher. I had my own acting school. Um, 
so I was a respected member of the profession, I guess. And, mm -hmm. uh, but that I would become, I don't, I never like to use the word star, but, but a, a celebrity or become famous, famous, uh, that everybody recognized me and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and they wanted my autograph and all of that. Yes, that was a, that was a major change. Uh, the first time I really was really kind of conscious of it. I was in a, I was in a uh, electronic store buying something. I don't know what, and uh, the server, you know, he wanted to get his picture with me. Yeah. Okay. But then I realized he was shaking. <laughs> He was so excited to be standing beside me that he was shaking. And I thought, what, 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 what? I'm just me, you know, I'm just a guy who's doing a job, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but then you yeah. get that realization, right? For the, like, and I'm sure not for the first time, but to, that you realize what you do, art, matters it, it it matters to people and you can you can literally change lives with what you're doing it's entertaining it's fun it's work you love doing it but a lot of people are so like taken by the art and taken by what you create that it changes their lives like you said this guy was shaking just to be next to you that's that's a power that that you realize that the art has right well <clears throat> I'll qualify that slightly. It's it's a power that entertainment has. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was watching a video. I don't know. There was uh, Joni Mitchell was doing something, um, some thing just recently, and everybody's cheering for her. Blah 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 blah, and she sings, and she's terrible. <laughs> her voice is too old. She can't hold a note. But everybody thinks it's wonderful. Think, oh my god uh, but anyway i should probably say that but <clears throat> i'm not an expert on singing so i could be all wrong <laughs> uh, but because when when i work in the theater or sometimes in a small film or whatever one may uh, explore depths of human understanding mm -hmm. and, and creation that we don't do with the x-files right the x-files right. is a big show <laughs> And I'm also doing, um, I'm about to shoot season three of Upload. I don't know if you... Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Do. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but again, I don't know that we're changing anybody's life. We're entertaining. And, uh, but when I think about really changing a life, you know, I think of more serious drama to be... Sure. To be snobbish about it, I suppose. Shakespeare and Chekhov. Um, so what I like in my life is that I get to do it all. Because, I mean, right now I'm doing preliminary rehearsals for a pinter, pinter play, No Man's Land, that we're going to actually do on stage next, uh, next fall. And that's a very different kind of experience than doing Upload or doing X-Files. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. And you bringing up, you know, going back to the classic Shakespeare and different things like that. Do you think in today's climate in Hollywood that they could put out a film like, you know, say the original Romeo and Juliet or some more Shakespeare plays? I know uh, Denzel Washington just did Macbeth. Um, do you think that that can appeal to mass audiences or do you think that um, it, it 
like stereotype or it goes into just a certain particular audience. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's both. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there's a, there's a particular audience that would gravitate to it, but yeah. yes, definitely. <clears throat> I mean, there've been some very successful Shakespeare productions. Yeah. I mean, there was the Julius Caesar years ago with mm, uh, Bob yep. Brando and whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, Cleopatra, and uh, there've been some. I mean, I'm going back a ways, but uh, uh, but it's interesting because. Los Angeles and Hollywood mm-hmm. is a particular kind of world. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, personally, I prefer to think of London because in London they do it all. Yeah. There you go. You know, excellent theaters and they have excellent movies and excellent television. Mm-hmm. Actors move easily back and forth between the, the, the media. Um, but, but America somehow, I mean, traditionally got separated. Mm-hmm. The, the theater stayed in New York and the movies went to Hollywood. And right. Los <laughs> I mean, that's broken down more now, partly because people travel a lot more easily than they did originally. Right. So I think, you know, more movies are made in New York than they were, and there's more theater going up, happening in L.A. than there was. So it's not totally separated. But, mm-hmm. but, but you want to be able to... Uh, it's best to have have it all if you can. Absolutely. Yes, completely agreed. So, well, I, I just I, I want to kind of bring up one more thing before we start talking about the book, but like the the transition because, like you said, we never know what's next, what's going to happen, what's kind of a thing. And so, how do you feel right now about the drama? You know, the dialogue driven, the story driven dramas, um, not getting the attention that they they might rightfully deserve you know they're lucky if they can get on 1500 2000 screens because the cinemas are not giving up the screens because they need avengers on there or they need how do you feel about that like isn't it i i hate it i hate that i can't see my drama i've got to drive 40 miles to a theater that's actually showing it you know because my theater won't give up screens so uh, what's your thought on that well <clears throat> yeah i mean i i mean I totally agree with you. I mean, <clears throat> I mean the the the, the um, economics of movies tend to be that uh, they want to do movies that people will go and see right ten or fourteen times, and preferably young people. Mm-hmm. So, m- movies for older people that people will see once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mind you, they're not as expensive to make. So, so. Um, but television has taken some of that away too. Yeah, like right. You, but, but yes, I no, I, I miss the, I miss the, the character dialogue driven movie. I agree with you totally. I admit, and, me too. And, and I'll leapfrog that into the talk about the book, because in, in terms of what what we regret we miss, <laughs> is we miss people don't read books. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Exactly. <laughs> so here I've written a book. And I think for your up-and-comers, it's a perfect book, actually. Yes. Um, so maybe they'll have to read their first book. There you go. <laughs> there we go. There's a critic in Vancouver. I, I asked him, you know, can I send you my book? He said, well, yeah, but I have to tell you, I, I, I never finish books. <laughs> you know, and, and he's in the business, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and my daughter in New York, who's a dancer, she knows that whole world. 
And she says, oh, none of her friends read books. Mm. They listen to them. They listen to audiobooks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I have to go with my book. I have to turn it into an audiobook, <laughs> which I'm going to do, but I haven't done that yet. <clears throat> so if you really can't read, <laughs> hang on. Uh, I'll, I'll talk it to you soon. Yes, <laughs> love it. Yes, it has to be you as well because your voice, yeah, like we said, it has to be you. But we're super excited to talk about because um, on acting and life, it's part memoir and part masterclass. So we want to get into that a little bit. What does that mean, part memoir and part masterclass? Are you just talking about your experiences and talking about how to either do the same thing or change it up a little bit? Um, I got the idea from Stephen King, okay. who wrote a book called On Writing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the, the, so I structured it in the same way that the first half is a, is a memoir of my career, which is really weird. I mean, <laughs> I've gone a lot of places and a lot of funny things have happened. But, it's, but the memoir part is focused on my career. I, I don't, I don't want to say just as an actor, but as a as a working person connected to acting. So it could mm. be acting, directing, acting, teaching. Right. But so it's all about how did I learn about acting? What did I learn? Where did I learn it? How, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so I go through the, you know, the whole story and, and, uh, you know, there's lots of people in it. There's Brian Cox when, when he was 15 and he mm-hmm. was my apprentice in Dundee and, and we go on and on and on. Um, and then through that process, some of my kind of ideas about acting sort of emerge. Mm. But the, the second half of the book is, is much more structured towards how to act, if you like, or, or what I think is, a, is an approach to the craft. And it's quite detailed. I mean, it's um, because there's a whole section called tricks, traps, and techniques, because mm. there's all kinds of small things that trip up an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the most obvious one is the fact that every time you look at the script, the same thing happens. Mm -hmm. So every time I say this line, you say that line. So then pretty soon, every time I say this line, I expect you to say that line. Right. I may not even wait for you to say it. I may just go on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But in in real life, I have no idea what you're going to say next. And and that, so that's one of the things an actor has to work for, so that I'm surprised by what you say. So 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 we have then a dynamic because I'm trying to go one way, the other actor is trying to go another way, and what emerges is the scene. Mm. But the scene isn't just spelled out nicely by two very nice actors doing a very nice performance. It's actually a cut and thrust dynamic mm. but so lots of things there are lots of things i mean it's simple things like what do you do with your hands and those kind of things but i love that though because you know i, I something as simple as hitting your mark or what to do with your hands i think for the people that are stepping on it for the very first time those are big deals they have no yeah. idea how do i hit my mark without looking down at my mark yeah. right because you, you yeah. can't do, so that's invaluable information and to what pass do along. i do 
when wardrobe gives me pants that don't have pockets. Because <laughs> I always put my hands in my pockets. What am I going to do now? That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, all that stuff. All that stuff. There's tons of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's fantastic. And, you know, I, the old saying, you know, if, if you if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. I, I, right. I, I, I like that, but then I also hate that because I feel like if you learn from, if you don't learn from history, you're also not going to be successful from it. Sure, sure, doomed from it, right? But I feel like if you take the time, you study, you learn, and, and you listen to what people have to say over the years that, that they've learned, you're also bound to repeat success, not just repeat the failure or the doom part. You're you're bound to find some success if you do that as well, correct? What you what you all want to find ultimately <clears throat> is what's underneath. Yes. You know, if I just copy something that you did. Um, yes, that's likely, and and there's some interesting examples. Uh, Woody Allen talks about uh, what was the, the movie he did? Oh, it was a, a, a Chekhov movie, mm. and uh, or a movie of a, a play by Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And he said it was just really boring, and, <laughs> and he loved that. And he said, "Why was it boring?" He said, "Because I didn't have the talent." Um, I had the same thing at the National Theatre of Great Britain. Uh, one director um, loved the Berliner Ensemble production of Mother Courage. And at the National Theatre, he duplicated that. Mm. It was so boring. I can tell you. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't stay through it almost. Right. Um, you've got to find what's underneath. You've got to find what inspires it, what makes it move, what gives it life. I um, love that. So you can look at all these things, but ultimately you're finding the undercurrent. For me, the real undercurrent, I suppose, for the actor is why do I do what I do? Mm. Mm -hmm. And if I really want to do it, then I'll do it. Mm. I mean, if I really want to kill Duncan, um, then, well, obviously we won't actually kill the actor, but (laughs) but you know what I mean? Right. Um, I I have to really want to do it. I have to want to say the lines, exactly these lines, at exactly this moment, in exactly this way. And if I really want to do, and in order to get there, I have to ask all kinds of questions about who am I, what's going on, what's my backstory, until I work my way to that understanding. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, you're going to be a very happy man because our listeners... They read books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we actually, and the young ones, we credit all of them. We have some very young listeners. We have some very old listeners, everybody in between, and they actually read. And we know this to be true because we do a top five segment. And one of our top five segments we did way back was our favorite books. And the response was massive. It blew up and they were telling us what their favorite books were. And we're like, Oh, they do read. Okay, yeah. so so we are so excited oh, to have your book, and, and we're going to tell everybody where they can find. So let's do that. Tell everybody where they can find the book, where they can purchase it, how to go about it, uh, and and the name of it again. It's on acting and life. It's William B. Davis. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it. Uh, you can find it at Barnes and Noble. You can find it on my website, WilliamBDavis.com. Um, and if you want it signed, you can get it from WillieBDavis.com. 
Oh, nice. Okay, even Very better. Nice. Well, we yeah. appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come and talk to us, get a little crazy, and to pass off that knowledge to the up-and-comers yeah. because it is definitely invaluable. And we get messages every single week talking about how much they appreciate the guests, and they're going to absolutely love this interview. Oh, that's great. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Fantastic. An open invite. Anytime you ever want to come back on, talk about the entertainment industry or anything, just talk about life. We are here for it. Uh, just reach out. And like I said, open invite. You can come back on whenever. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Thanks Thank so you. Much. Of course. All right. You take care and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woo! Man, man, oh man. Talk about a legend right there. I mean, just like, I know I was kind of like, you know, like, oh, I can't believe I'm talking to yeah. him. <laughs> but, but I love, though, you know, you can hear the passion in his voice. He, you know, sure. he said, find the reason you do it, find why. But you can tell he's passionate about it. I mean, you have it from 12 all the way on. I mean, exactly. you got to be passionate about what you're doing. I think that book is going to be an invaluable tool mm-hmm. for up and coming actors on how to get it done. I can too, man. I mean, it's really, you know, it's something that it, it's literally like a class. Like we talked about, it's part memoir, part master class. You can literally take notes and take little pieces from it to help you evolve in the entertainment industry and find yourself as an actor or as just a creative. I think yeah, that's very for sure. Thank you again, Mr. Davis, for coming on the show.